It's time for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teolis. You can find everything on pinballprofile.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Pinball Profile. You can email pinballprofile at gmail.com. You have probably seen these two on stream. They stream for the Pinball Network. One iPod, one pinball. Stephanie Traub and Jose Chong join us. Hi, how you doing? Hey, good. How are you, Jeff? Hey, hello, Jeff. The name, One iPod, One Pinball, I'm sure you've explained before. I might have missed it. Where did that come from? Well, it's a, it's a long story. I started streaming back in 2016, and I remember, I think it was Jack Danger um, when I saw him streaming, and I said, boy, how can I do that? And I was so excited. I was so excited. I have at a time probably three or four games, and... I get to discover the software, and I learned that I just need a camera. I did not have a camera. I did not have a microphone. I did not have anything, but I only have an iPod photo. And I was able to use my iPod as a camera just to record, just to get just to get the word out. I know it was terrible. I remember I even have a photograph holding the iPod with zip ties into a tripod. And, um, and of course, I mean, I, I never thought that, I will be doing this for so long now. And uh, so just the name, the name stays like that. One iPod and one pinball, you know? It's uh, a silly I've often, I've often thought that the name should be changed, but we spent good money on that logo, so <laughs> the name stays. It's a good logo. It's a good name as well. There's nothing wrong with that. It is It is a silly game, I know, uh, but at the time it was like, oh, how should I name these? Uh, oh, what do I have here? Oh, I have a pinball. Oh, I have an iPod. Oh, that's it. It's a little more elaborate now when you watch the stream and occasionally Tuesdays, sometimes Thursdays on the Pinball Network. I know, Stephanie, you are really into the competitive scene. In fact, we're going to get into some of your big victories. But when you stream and you're talking to the chat and you're talking to Jose or, or Jose, you're talking to Stephanie... From a competitive standpoint, I've always thought, if you can do that, you can probably block out other things when you're playing. Oh, I wish. No? Oh, I wish. Oh, no. I'm, like, the most easily distracted person when I play pinball. Um, like, I hate it when there's music playing in a bar. I hate it when it's dark in the in the place. Like, at MAGFest, it was, it was so dark, and people were like, oh, yeah, this is cool. And I'm like, I can't see. I can't see the... And then if people stand... Oh, I, I mean, I know a lot of people feel this way, but I am totally crazy about people who like lurk over you while you're playing, like or in your like peripheral vision. Like, no, I'm totally insane about stuff like that. I just bottle it up inside and don't tell anyone until I tell people later when I rant. But um, don't let it fool you. Jose is very uh, competitive too. He just, but I just, I'm just. He doesn't let anyone know. Like he, he, he's been going to more of the the big tournaments recently, and he did pretty well in the um the Delaware Pinball Open um uh, main event. So uh, don't let his calm, you know, suave, accented demeanor fool you. I'm just trying to be relaxed, you know. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm just trying to be relaxed and chill. But yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, Stephanie is the one that gets more serious. I mean, even when we stream, sometimes you're just focused. Well, because if people are watching, I don't want people to think that we really suck, because why would they want to continue to watch? Just like yesterday when someone was like, oh, I I remember we were streaming Attack from Mars, and we don't stream that one very often, because I often overlook it because it's, um, 
Yeah, everyone's played Attack from Mars. I try to play a different game, but I realized we hadn't streamed it since we had Dave Hubbard on. I think it was right before pandemic times, and you know, Dave Hubbard's very good and has been playing pinball for like. 20, 20 years or something, and he's you know been he's been the state championship the winner and all this sort of stuff. And anyway, so, so some guy on our um, stream yesterday was like, "Oh, I remember when you the last time you streamed this, you had a pro player on." And I was like, "What does that mean? He's not a I mean, who's a pro player really? Like no one's getting paid except maybe Jack, Jack Danger for playing pinball." So. What is that supposed to mean? So yes, I do try to I try I try to focus a little bit. But at the when we first start when I first started streaming with Jose, I I look back on them and I remember a guy that used to play pinball in DC mentioned it like he had watched our stream. He's like, you guys got to talk more. And I I look back on them I, I, on like YouTube. If you go back to the, like the first couple that I was on with him, I like didn't talk at all. I'm like, shut up, I gotta play because people care. And but clearly no one yeah, cares. No. But so now I, I try to talk more. And yeah, I, I do think about that. I'm like, oh, I should learn how to like be more adaptable to distractions. But um, it's a work in progress. Um, that is definitely one of my um, weaknesses is um, easily distracted. But I say this to anyone who does streaming. As someone who watches on the other side, when you engage the chat, it's very, very important. And you're both excellent at that. And in fact, it was maybe a couple of months ago that uh, there was a really good stream. You were playing Hobbit. And again, on one iPod, one pinball, you're playing Hobbit and you're taking names and you're giving away a play field thanks to JJP. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, we have uh, a good good relationship with JJP. I don't know why they love why they like us so much, but uh, it hasn't been the first time that uh, they will reach us like, "Hey guys, are you streaming any JJP games?" Yeah, we can voice some shorts, but a playfield was a pretty big deal. Yeah. and uh, I think How- Howard Dobson. Won yeah, that. he did. And uh, pretty much, I reached them and said, "Hey guys, we're about we're gonna stream the Hobbit. Would you like to to send something for the to give away on the stream?" Well, yeah, and, and we're, you know, Carl gives away stuff on his stream all the time, but Carl is like a super-duper super streamer, and he's like super-duper good at pinball. So, but yeah, so it was great for Jersey Jack to, to, to give us, us that stuff. Give us, a, give us a play for him to give away. So it's interesting when people watch streams. They watch for different reason. They watch because they like the personalities. They're interested in the game. They might learn something. Maybe it's a game that's new. Maybe it's a game that's old that you haven't seen in a while, but you can kind of maybe learn a little bit from streams. I know that's where I get a lot of my information. Is it the same for both of you? Yeah, um, that, that is definitely why. I, whenever I watch pinball streams, it is pretty much solely for to learn rules. So I really do appreciate it when streamers focus on rules. I'm not saying that I do at all because I think Jose would get bored, but um, uh, I do try to get people, if they have questions about the rules, to ask them. I do try to learn the rules as best as I can before we stream a game. But, you know, sometimes I watch, like, Raymond Davidson like explain the Avengers and I'm like oh my god I don't I, I don't think I have the brain capacity to to explain this to people um so I, I very much appreciate when you know really high ranked players explain how to play games like well Bowman's aren't streams but those tutorials are extremely helpful to me I think before in disc I really wanted to learn how to play oh not, not I think I definitely before in disc I saw that Stargate was there and I don't know Stargate very well, but there's a Stargate that's 
on location around here. And I was like, oh, that's a really weird game. I bet a lot, but this is never the case. I'm like, oh, maybe a lot of people won't know how to play it. <laughs> but that, that that's ridiculous for me to think because every all, all the really good players know how to play every It seems like they know how to play every game. So I watched a Buffalo pinball stream. It was archived, but it was about Stargate, and it was very, very helpful. And then I went and played it at Indiscontent <laughs> Horrible, and I was like, Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to play Stargate, but I'm glad that I learned it from this dream. I've had that happen at a few tournaments where, like, that's my favorite game. Oh, I even own that game, maybe. And I won't touch it because I'll play it, and the shots might be different. They've maybe changed the tilt settings, or, or the flippers yeah, are dropped a little yeah. bit. And I'm like, stay away. It'll just, my instincts will screw me up. Yeah, I think the Stargate at Indisc, the, on the right, like out lane, in lane thing. There's they, there's some rubbers there, but there's like a giant hole. And since they took the rubbers off every time the ball went there, I was like, oh, the ball's gone. And it was a tough skill shot plunge. Yes, it was. People was like, were watching going, why aren't you starting multi-ball? And it was like, it's not as easy as you think. I mean, I think in the finals, out of the four players, maybe it happened twice. Yeah, it was really hard, and it's it's one of those skill shots that you feel really dumb if you miss it, because mm-hmm. because you're like, oh, this this is really simple. Like you just have to put it put it into the, no, ramp, no, the ramp. Well, it had the ramp, and it can't go too short, or it falls into the inlane. Yeah, but you at least for me that that skill shot is like every time I miss it, I feel really stupid. Like I'm like, dude, why couldn't you have done this correctly? Yeah, I think <laughs> that's the difference in personalities on our stream. Um, Stephanie is way more technical than me. Some people have asked like, so what do you guys do on the stream? And I say, we're just a couple of friends, just playing like regular people, like two normal people, you know? Yeah, I, re- I recently found out that Jose really likes, well, I knew that Jose really likes Stern Star Wars, the game. I know a lot of people don't like that game. <laughs> I really do like that game, and I'll, I admit it to everyone, and people are like, it's gross, and I'm like, no, it's a great game. What are you talking about? Jose always said, oh, yeah, I want a Star Wars. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get one someday. I'm like, oh, good. I recently found out, like, he didn't understand how the multipliers worked, like, at all. He didn't know how to move them. He didn't know, like, how to, and I was like, what? Are you kidding? You love this game, and you don't understand the, like, um, major part of it and i had to explain the how certain of the the characters you pick but how confident i look when i play but jose now you love that game now that you know the multipliers you liked it before yeah he's like now this game is even more fun but yeah he didn't (laughs) understand how the the different characters light up different missions on the different you know hoth or whatever um and i had to explain how you could do the wizard mode on each one he's like oh really well now i have to train my brain and my hands to do all the changes, like press the button, move the move the flipper, choose the shot, and then press again the button. Yes, he's, he's, so basically so he's learning how to play the game. Well, let's talk about Star Wars for a second because I saw the two of you recently at District 82. They had a Star Wars there, and I was playing somebody in competition. I was the fourth player. All three players picked Luke. What? <laughs> Thank you for saying that. I don't think I've ever played as Luke. I've tried the other three. I know R2-D2's got big points, but you can kind of get in jail if you if you miss out there. Uh, Leia, there's a strat Wait, to get it. were a- you playing people who never played? Because no, Luke- no. And I was asking them, like, am I missing something here? You can tell me after the game, but I've never played as Luke. I've never so. played as Luke. Uh, honestly, I do not know how to play as Luke. I the, 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 the weirdest one to me that I know how to play kind of is the Leia thing, where yeah. you're supposed to light all the missions but not start them. And yep. I that, that's strange to me. I don't like it. So, yeah, but no, I have no idea how to play as Luke. They explained it to you? What did they say? (laughs) You know what? If they did, it's long forgotten. 
Did you win? Did I you did, win? doing the stupid Leia strat. Yeah, good, because they, why were they playing Luke? <laughs> That's good. I'm glad you won. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> Uh, but that was a fun place, District 82. And, and you know, you were talking about being at uh, different places. You were at the Delaware Pinball Collective, of course, in disc, and you both did well there. But uh, District 82 was a lot of fun. And close to you, you've got Pinball Baltimore. You're getting to travel a little more. You're going to more pinball events. What are some of your favorites? I hadn't really done in disc in 2020. I was, I think, like the first time I had. I'm not counting Pinburg. I went to Pinburg in 2018 and 2019. Jose unfortunately never got to go to to Pinburg. But other than that, like going to Indusk in 2020 was definitely the furthest I had ever been. Good thing you went. Yeah, good thing. I, good thing I went. I'll say it. You were the women's champ. There were 65 women, and Stephanie. It was you. It was uh, Louise Wagenzoner. It was. Uh, Anna Walk and also Tracy Lindbergh. I mean, four incredible players, and you came out on top. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun, and it was uh, a welcome surprise because I remember I qualified at like the last minute, and I was like, "Oh, I'm not going to make it," and I did make it, and I, I did pretty well. And I do miss that uh, museum of pinball out there. That was a cool place. But uh, going this year to Riverside was you know cool, and I'm, I'm glad they you know put it together in 2021 because I was sad. What, what year is it now? I don't even know. It was, <laughs> it was 2022, but yeah, so we only missed one year, so that, that was good. Carl puts on a good, uh, good, show. a good show. He does a lot of work. And what do you think, Jose? I mean, it was obviously nice to see that banner with Stephanie's name on it, but uh, Indisc as a whole, pretty cool? Yeah, pretty cool. I mean, I, I enjoy, you know, I am more like a people person. I definitely enjoy playing, but I do also enjoy catching up with old friends. I like to talk about whatever. I mean, sometimes even outside pinball, you know, like, hey, how, how you been, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, of course, playing competitively, but um, I enjoy more seeing a lot of people around and having the same... And, and you get to passion. meet a lot more people if you travel. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, did, oh, yeah. I did enjoy... Um, we went to the Chicago Expo. I was bummed that we couldn't tour the Stern factory, so I'll have to go back sometime and, and do that. Oh, Chicago Expo, right. Expo. Remember you don't remember going next one? Oh, yeah, let's not talk about that. When Jose blew it and, and, and the bee, um, he, uh, he, oh, he plunged. Well, we'll just say this. There's video evidence on a stream. So he thought he had won. Jose owns a Jurassic Park which is like one of my favorite games, and Jose definitely knows the rules of that game. But he was player one, and he was playing someone from our local Free State Pinball Association, which is the, a big um, league around here. Uh, Joe Schober does a lot of, I think his um, software is a, 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 the software that a lot of um, leagues use around. We use it here, yeah. Joe does a great job. So it was a, a local uh, player from the FSPA and I guess Jose was feeling a little too confident. And on ball three of Jurassic Park, he thought he was, he like started control mode. He started system boot or something and like hit a big shot. And then he was like, oh, phew. Then he let it drain because he thought he was player two. Oh, no. And yeah. It was around <laughs> We don't talk about that anymore because I got too mad about it. Jose, that's a mistake we've all made at some point, maybe a different game. But I'll tell you this right now. You make it, and you never make that mistake again. It's in your head forever, so it's like playing out of turn. Oh, I, w- I wish I, I played out of turn only once, and that Uh-oh. was out of my head forever. I've definitely done that more than once, but yes, the more you do it, for sure. Yeah. But Jose, I mean, you said you started streaming in 2016, but 
when you came here from Mexico, I mean, pinball was a whole new thing for you. What got you hooked? Well, uh, when I was a teenager in Mexico, there were some arcades, and like, I think like any teenager, I would go to the arcades and play. I remember seeing some, I clearly remember playing Haunted House, Gottlieb Haunted House, and I remember the three different play fields, and Black Hole, I remember playing that also when I was a kid. And Gorgar, didn't you mention and Gorgar? And also Gorgar. Uh, Gorgar, actually, I think it was my very first game that I will actually kind of not steal money from my grandma, but ask for money. And then Pinball was outlawed in Mexico. And then Pinball was outlawed in Mexico. <laughs> for real. And uh, due for tax evasion thing, and since today there's no public locations for Pinball in Mexico. And uh, anyway, so then moved to the U.S., et cetera, et cetera. I think that one day we were just like sitting in front of the computer and saying, oh, I remember this game, whatever happened. And, you know, when I searched for, I think it was probably Gorgar. And he just showed me a lot of results, and then I learned that there's people playing pinball. And one night, I just decided to stop by uh, Craptown. I remember it was Craptown, a, a local restaurant that has an arcade. I instantly connect with pinball again after, I don't know, 30, 40 years or I have a similar story. It wasn't quite the distance of 40 years, but it was a long time playing in my 20s and then seeing a pinball machine on vacation. I think it was 43. I've gone back a time. I'm not older than 43 now. I mean, it's, it's weird how that's happened. But yeah, it was like, oh boy, I remember having so much fun and then finding out about leagues. In fact, I think my first ever win in a tournament was actually in D.C. of all places. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that at Lyman's. It was at Lyman's. The mayor, James Daly, was running this tournament, and we qualified, I think, by meeting him and having to beat him. If you beat him, you made it to the playoffs. I got lucky. Uh, and, oh, yeah, uh, it was like none shall pass. That's something. it. Yeah, that, that was before I started playing pinball, but I had heard about that tournament, and it was it, it was like a pretty legendary tournament. Oh, you have to get a tournament by invites, no? So I don't remember. It really was before my time. I remember that he approached me when I started playing, and he said to me, if you can beat me, like on two out of three games, I will invite you. And I oh, that I oh well, him. I think that was separate. Um, I, will, I played with him. I remember three games, and I and I won two games, and he wrote down my name in a piece of paper. Yeah, that was a sanctioned tournament, though, because I remember seeing it. It was. So how it worked was most people are playing them in D.C., I guess, either at Lyman's or Black Hat or wherever. But I saw that this tournament was happening when I happened to be in D.C. And he said, well, you got to qualify beforehand. I'm like, oh, I can't be there. And he goes, well, you're going to Pinburg? I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, play me there. So we played a bunch of games there. And I think if it went to seven games, it took seven games just to get in. He was kicking my butt and I got lucky there. So I then, quote, qualified for this tournament and uh, got lucky. But uh, it's a good pinball scene there in D.C. and certainly with Baltimore, pinball tomorrow and that kind of area and Free State as well. So, yeah, the uh, Free State Pinball Association does leagues in a lot of leagues at, in Northern Virginia at Moms and College Park, which is actually the only one in Maryland now. Is it was the one in Moms because there used to be Volleyball House, but that got torn down. And then Lyman's in D.C. has their own league. They're not affiliated with Free State Pinball Association, but there is a lot of pinball at breweries in Northern Virginia, at Ocelot Brewing in um, Mustang, Sally. Mustang Sally, and there's Solace Brewing as well. But, yeah, there's a lot of good pinball places up around here. Um, and then Holy Free Holies in Baltimore, which is 
about a 45-minute drive north from D.C. They have a great collection there. Jeff Danick, who's the owner of um, Holy Free Holies, he runs Pin Baltimore with uh, Jake Peterson and uh, Lana Summers, who is on the IFPA Women's Board. It's Jeff Danick's, mostly Jeff Danick's personal collection of a million, bajillion games, and he puts a, a lot of them are on location available for public play in, in the restaurant, and then he has like clubhouse, which is not open all the time, but it has a, it's where Pin Baltimore is. So where where you've seen where the competition is in Pin Baltimore, that big room with the the uh, rustic looking paint on the walls and stuff. <laughs> but some of those games are also um, Jake Peterson's, and Howard has a couple games there. Um, so yeah, it's a great it's a great location. I love the vibe. Yeah, so it's it uh, Holy for Holies. The, the vibe is similar to like Lyman's. You know, it's a hangout, cool place to hang out. So yeah, we have a, a good scene here, and uh, hopefully it'll keep keep growing. I will have to check out some of these places. I've I've been writing these down because I'm there for the Independence Day weekend in the D.C. area, Washington, Baltimore, and of course July 2nd at the Delaware Pinball Collective uh, for the Pinball Profile Played in America tour. But uh, yeah, I mean it's always been a strong pinball area, so I'm not surprised with events like Pin Baltimore and all these locations. So it's glad to see it has survived. You know the last couple of years and the mess that we've been in. So that's good. Now, we know you from the stream. We know you from competitions, but there's other sides to you. I mean, there's other sides to me. And for you, Jose, the big thing that kind of ties into pinball a little bit is you're really into cars and getting your hands dirty and getting in there and, and fixing cars, going under the hood. There's a lot of similarities to, to that in pinball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, back in Mexico, um, Pretty much, I, I used to have several Volkswagens. In Mexico, we have a say that if you never, if you have never owned a Volkswagen, you're not a Mexican. <laughs> and uh, pretty much, you have to fix your car. And uh, so I, I was not afraid of getting my hands dirty. He told me a story about a he needed. This is, I guess this is a criminal story. When you were a kid, you like there was a car in a garage, and you like took some screws. Or you were fixing your bug, and you're like, I need screws, and I you like parts. Or you, or you you like switched your crappy parts with like the parts of this other car. And I'm like, good grief, that's that's sketchy. But he was a kid, so it's okay. I was a kid. I was a sixteen year old with no. But, but yeah, he has, he's, he's, uh, anyway. Continue. But yeah, but, but yeah, I'm not I'm not a criminal. Not anymore. I'm not a criminal. But uh, yes, I. I, I no problem uh, turning a wrench and I like the mechanical aspect of cars and that translates into pinball. You know, I do enjoy working on pinballs but especially on the EMs because they're mechanical. Everything is there. Any problem can be visually troubleshoot. Not on a solid state or a DMD which a chip might be angry and not working or something. So yeah, I, I, I have no problem spending several hours sipping my coffee and being behind the back box of IEM, cleaning up reels, cleaning up switches, adjusting relays. Um, yeah, I, I actually enjoy it. And he has several cars and recently bought a motorcycle. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but he has three. What's the laugh there? The motorcycle? That sounds like fun. Yeah, so on, on all his cars are Volkswagens, all three of them. <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, pretty much all my car, all my cars are just sitting in the garage, and uh, yeah, I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> I mean, I drive them less, uh, but I don't know. I mean, I still enjoy working on them. But again, yes, this love for mechanics uh, translated more into into pinball. See, it's starting to make sense because I'm not very good when it comes to fixing things, and if it comes to a car, 
forget it. So that consistency of sucking at cars, sucking at fixing pinball machines, it makes sense. Whereas you're good at both. I got it. Okay. I'm figuring it out. Now, Stephanie, I love your little side hobby. You were telling me, you know, there's my pinball friends and then there's my running friends. I'm like, oh, running. That's great. I'm like, my nephew is a a marathon runner and represented Canada in the Olympics and all this kind of good stuff. That is definitely not... Not me. I've never run a marathon. I've run a half, many half marathons, but anyway, yes. Okay. But what you were telling me about hashing, I had never heard about, and it's fascinating. Explain what this hashing is. So it's called Hash House Harriers. There's a big Wikipedia page about it, actually, where it's an international like affiliation. It's, you know, it's, it's not, there's no like hashing governing body or anything. It's informal, but it started a long time ago, like in the military, like in Kuala Lumpur, mostly with men back then, but now it's, you know, co-ed, where groups of people all around the world get together and, and they're called kennels. Yes, like the like dog kennels, but each group is called a kennel and they each have different names. Uh, like DC has several groups of them. Like I remember when I went to Pittsburgh for um, Pinburg, there's definitely one in Pittsburgh. When I, I went to Tokyo in 2019, there's, there's a group there where a group of people that this, it, they, they can be extremely large groups or small groups, just depending on where you are. Uh, all ages, you have to be 21 or over, well, you know, if you're supposed to be, but um, it's a, definitely a wide range of ages from like 21 to 80. So why do you got to be over 21? What's what's up with this? Just trying to get to the most interesting part of it. So it's called, the phrase that it's known as is called a drinking club with a running problem. Um, <laughs> so... What, what what happens is that the group of people gets together, you know, once a week or once a month. It depends on the group um, and how many people there are. Basically, they get together and a person or a couple of people are assigned as the hares, like think of like rabbits, and they lay a, a trail before, well, not necessarily before, but right before the, the run, like they set off ahead of the pack and they lay a trail with the like, colored chalk and flower. They like throw flower on the ground and it, it can be in in the woods, it can be in a city, it can be both, it can be, it can involve crossing uh, lakes and getting your feet dirty, and basically you're running this trail that they lay, and you're trying to catch them, and then generally, I would say average, it depends, but the, the, the run is probably around, you know, four miles, or obviously they can have longer ones if they want, or shorter ones, but I would say that's the average, and then in the middle, um, there is Usually, uh, it's called a beer check, where there is there are beverages of alcoholic type where people socialize. You know, halfway through the run, then so you drink a beer or something, and then you the hares go lay the other half of the trail, and then you try to catch them. And then at the end of the run, there's more beer, and then there's songs like traditional songs, and um, people get specific hash names. So you, you call people by their hash name. It is a usually a, cr- a, a crude name of, of some kind, not like curse words or anything, but it's, you know, it's... It's, it's, it is obscene. It, it's not obscene. It, 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 they can be. But um, it's, you know, friendly camaraderie. And then we go to a... Um, usually you go to, like, a bar afterwards. Like, in Japan, it was, it was like, you paid and you had, like, a dinner afterwards every time. And it, 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 so it depends on um, where you are. But, uh... Yeah, I got into that like back in like 2011 or 12 years ago. Um, it was a great way to meet new people in a new city. Good social. Yeah, that's that's good. 
I like this way better than I know some of the people do the tough mutters. No, no. Oh yeah, no. Not no, a chance. No. Yeah, but it it does. It did actually back when I started. I was not very in shape, and it definitely there are people who are involved in the. But there are definitely people involved in the hash groups that are not into competitive running at all, but it definitely got me more into, you know, I hadn't run a race ever, and then I started running races. I used to run races all the time, and then COVID happened, and then my, since those got canceled, my, they were very motivating. So my physical fitness kind of uh, declined, so I'm trying to get back into that again now that there's races again, but it's definitely a, a cool way to meet people and uh, get a little active and, and drink if you want to, but I did... The drinking in the middle part was not for me. That just makes my stomach my stomach upset. But um, don't be hard on yourself about the uh, after COVID. You know, my body wasn't ready for this. I think we all put on a few COVID pounds. I mean, I've got the COVID pounds excuse. I've got the dad bod excuse. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a there's a million you can use, and they're all legit. But it does sound like a lot of fun for sure, Stephanie. And what is fun is one iPod, one pinball on Twitch. You can catch it sometimes Tuesdays on Thursdays on the Pinball Network. And I hope to see you two again real soon at another pinball event because you're a lot of fun. Stephanie, Jose, thank you very much for coming on today. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jeff. See you soon. This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find everything on pinballprofile.com. Join our Facebook group. We're on Twitter and Instagram at pinballprofile. Email pinballprofile at gmail.com. I'm Jeff Teoles.